everyone. Welcome to the Hope Hotline. I am excited about today because I have my friend back, Tracy. Hello. Yay! <laughs> so happy. Okay, um, I'm looking at my arms. Maybe I you need look to. look buff. No, I don't look buff. I, I see the cellulite. What? Look at your, look at your forearms. Look at your forearms. My look forearms? Okay, now go back up on like this. Yeah, what? look at that. Look at, look at your forearms. Like right here. Man, you are that, working out, girl. Listen, hey. I think that's the only place I actually had muscle from the very beginning before we started working out. Oh, my gosh. It's probably from lifting babies. Tommy was a tub o lard. Okay. So. Could be. Could be. Gotta love a fat baby. <laughs> I know. Like, it, it does. not to say, like, Norma was a skinny mini. Like, okay. I'm going to keep my arms like this right here. Look okay. at how, look yeah, at how they skinny look good. they look right there. Woohoo! Telling you. So I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> um, so... Um, you think. said you said Norma was skinny. Oh yeah, Tommy Norma was, was a lightweight. Okay, she was super tiny. Okay, very petite. Yeah, um, Tommy, he was a chunk of monk. Okay, he's 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 kind of he was really fat. He was like he, he was really fat, super cute, like big old cheeks and dimples. Aww. But he's a he was a fat boy. So literally, I would carry him, and this is when I was a lot skinnier. Okay. Because after I had him, I, like, think I shrunk to, like, 103 pounds or something oh like that. Gosh. Well, I wasn't very big to begin with. I mean, like I told you, Tom used to tell me I had to eat ice cream before I went to bed. <laughs> because I was, like, 98 pounds. Never Double zero. Huh? <laughs> Never my problem. Yeah. Never. Um, <laughs> what I would give for those to be the days. <laughs> like, to eat ice cream every night before bed. I'd have to. Oh, my gosh. Mm, like, sad. I love ice cream. It's my favorite thing. There's, I, I, I don't know. It's like peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter. Ooh, that sounds That's so my vice. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Culver's, mm. Culver's, their blackberry cobbler. I love that. I used to, listen, I, when I could, when I didn't care, like, I would stop by and get a mini when I saw the flavor of the day. I'd go in, get a mini. That and the Heath Bar chocolate heath bar mm, so good if you guys delicious. have never tried culver's ice cream and you don't really care about what you look like or <laughs> how much weight you gain been there done that stop in yeah. you will not it, they will not disappoint from their shakes it's custard yeah it's so good so props to culver's i should get paid for a commercial because i just you know whatever yeah. um but yeah, my forearms. I'm like trying to think, figure out where were we at. My yeah, forearms yeah. probably from lifting my fat boy. I don't know. They look Which good. he's not, you know, he's no. not. He stayed fat for a really long time. <laughs> and then I literally look like I was carrying half of myself. I was going to say, that would be a funny picture. Like, oh, it was. Because you're not tall and nope. you're tiny. So you're People a were like, thing. how do you carry him? <laughs> it reminds me of the Abbott's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to name names because I don't know if they want me to do that. Yeah. But, like, when Mrs. Abbott, mm. that starts with a B, and she would carry her son, Yeah, you're like, that don't even seem right. Yeah. He should be carrying you. Yeah, it's like Katie. Because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it didn't seem right. That's yeah. what it looked like. It looked like I should not be carrying him. He should be carrying me because he's you know. a big boy. So, um, but I'm so glad you're back. I'm and glad to be listen, back, Listen, people. Yeah. She's a storyteller. I am. 
So she's back from New York, and guess what? She brought us pictures. I did. Now, some of you guys might not be like, I don't didn't tune in for this. No, you did. You want to know. I will say, how long do you think you're going to talk about this? Uh, two when to three you, minutes? When you're bored, I'll no, be no, done. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come back in two to three minutes. No, no, stay. If, they the don't, pictures, if this doesn't interest them, that's no, fine. No, no, no. You'll love this. Do <clears> not miss I it. I love it. I have stories to tell for everything. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, But I'm fast. I'm, I talk very fast. Yes, you do. So... Okay, that so is true. I, I can say who I worked for. I just last year when I worked for them, I couldn't say the artist or the um, name the of the model. company. Yeah, so I'm working for Marisa's right now. They are a woman's brand, and I was working with Chico's, who's White House Black Market in Soma, and that's how I met um, the PR advertising woman um, that now works for Marisa's. So that's how I got transitioned to them, and it's just random projects that they need for social media, and it's so cool. Like I love it. Ever. So they needed some new social media, um, and they have an office in Brooklyn. And so they flew me up there just for the last two days to um, just do some video content. So, so it was all video. It was no. All oh, video. I don't put my arms like that. <laughs> Changing that okay. position. All right. Okay. So you did only video work. Only video. No no pictures, no, no photos. photos. So None. no photo shoot this time. Nope. Okay. Just photo or just video. Okay. So I flew into Newark. And this is the first photo I took in my Uber. Um, and it was just like, there's something about the city line that is just so beautiful. And then um, I stayed in this really cool hotel. I have some pictures a little bit later <laughs> at the nighttime. Um, but it was just like, I mean, very small, but um, super cute. Kind of like a loft? It, it was. Yes. Oh my, oh my gosh, gosh. That's tiny. so cool. Like that's the middle picture is my bed and that's it. Like there's like a tiny little spot on the side and a tiny little spot on that side. And um, But this is the first hotel they have in the United States the other one is in London and this is the first one they brought over here it's called a Hoxton Hoxton H-O-X-T-1 and then so I woke up in the morning and I was like I really want a New York bagel so I took a nice little four minute walk down the road and I found this hole in the wall bagel place and I had avocado, egg and oh bacon. My gosh, that looks so I could only eat half of it. And the funny part is it was a BOGO deal, so I had two. <laughs> so did you give so, it to a homeless person? No, I didn't. I gave it to my friend Kristen that I traveled or that met me up there. Oh awesome. Yeah. And so and it's really cool because actually behind the picture of the bagel is a my, the um, hotel I stayed in and that's where you can eat breakfast in the morning and then they have these random like ladders which I'll take another I have another picture of but you can sit outside and it's open and then there's all these benches to sit on and it kind of like goes up that is awesome so um, this is the video of that's where I was sitting and it's beautiful like how cool is it outside there 75 degrees oh my I know I know I know was there a breeze blowing at 75 or was it just 75 degrees? Uh, no, it was a breeze and it was like so beautiful. It, like it wasn't too hot. It was it was perfect. Oh and they had said it was just like 100 gosh. degrees a few days before that. So Jesus loves me. Oh I'm his favorite. Oh my gosh. What a reprieve. <laughs> it what was. a reprieve. Seriously. It, no, for real. It was. And that's why I enjoyed every moment of it. It's so flipping hot. So but hot. it's it's not like it's not the hottest that it's ever been in July. No, I actually think it's hot, but it's, it's I, I sat outside on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and there was such a breeze blowing. Yeah, like and it was so nice outside. I'm like, dang, this is nice. Yeah. So like, it's hot, 
But August, I was doing research about August. Do you yeah. know that in all of the what this was saying? Now again, this is the internet. Yeah. So how much you can <laughs> believe from it, I do right. not know. But uh, they say August is the hottest month. Period. Mm. Of all months, which I have sworn by that. Mm-hmm. My husband has argued that point with me. Okay. But I swear, August is the hottest month. It's August all is the hot. It <clears throat> is. It didn't say where August, I mean, in, I was, you know, doing research, but I guess <laughs> August is the hottest month, period, based oh, on what I said. Okay. But I don't think that's true because if you're up north, July. it's not that July is. Yeah. And but it's here like in Florida, August is the hottest. <laughs> yeah. By far. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. By far. It's ridiculous. So. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So then um, after that, we ended up going over to the office, and that is a 10-minute walk. Um, so it was, everything was super close. So, so you got your exercise in. I did. I did. I got my nice little walk in. So when you look out the window, um, these are like floor-to-ceiling windows oh, on the 19th floor. And it was just ridiculous. I mean, that's you can see on the first picture on the left, the Empire State Building is that tall building. And then on the right is obviously like where um, the lower Manhattan. Is that right? Yeah. Vanessa. OK, everybody. Um, and then if you zoom into that picture, you can see the Statue of Liberty. Yep. So that was really cool. And then that evening after I was done, at like 5 o'clock, I went for a walk again because I was like, how can you not? So Because it's beautiful out. It's just beautiful. And like, this, there's something about the skyline. It's just, it never gets old and it's just so beautiful. It's such a shame <clears throat> because I had to, go to New, had to go to New Jersey, but I had to go, like, New York is literally... 20 minutes away from where I have to go. Yeah. Not with the traffic, but it kind of reminded me when I lived in D.C. because I was like actually 20 minutes away from the city. But if the traffic was going on, it could be anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Mm -hmm. Short would be 45 minutes. But the thing is, is what's so sad is how it's got it's gotten so bad. Like, it used to be such a safe city. It was beautiful. And there there was something so, like, it's the place that everybody just wanted to always be able to say that they had been to because it's kind of like Washington, D.C. Yeah. Totally different reasons why. Mm-hmm. But it's like everybody, you know, Washington, D.C. is, like, one of the places you, there's so much history there. And it's like a must to yeah. bucket list thing. Yeah. New York City is the same thing. Oh, but yeah. I'll be honest with you. I have no desire to go back. Just because, not because of concern with my safety, but just because of everything and how far it's gone. I know Vanessa just came back, had the time of her life, because Brooklyn is yeah. her tent hometown. Yeah. And she knows where all the hot spots are, right? She's yeah. not going into Ma- Manhattan or anything like that. But it's like, outside of having family there, which is why... She goes back. There ain't no reason for me to go. I don't got no family there. And yeah. I've seen it, been there, done that. And I just, it's got nothing for me. Yeah. Like, but I agree with you. That skyline is gorgeous. It's ridiculous. It's it like, really is. and I say gorgeous, it's just because, like, if you've ever been there, if you go into Manhattan, you look up and you're like, how is it possible <laughs> oh, that these buildings could be this tall? Yeah. And, Everything can be so tight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And people still, I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. The people, when we go to New York City, the people are nice. Yeah. They are always nice. Yep. I know they people get a bad rap. Yeah. You know, but every time I've ever gone to New York City, mm -hmm. nice, nice, nice. And mm -hmm. it's not like people with a southern draw no, that's no. visiting there, you yeah. know, because tourism's high. But yeah. now, like all New Yorkers can't say enough great things about how kind they are when you go into their city and it, I, being so inundated with so many people and I would literally want to kill somebody. But they're all nice. Like, yeah. they understand the deal, you know? Yeah, People yeah. are coming to their city. They're spending their money. Right. right. They're nice about it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, yeah. that Skyline's, Ugh, it's, it's it's very crazy. Like, it's mind-boggling it how is. you look at that city and you come out of Madison Square Gardens and everything is, like, right yeah. there. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I know. Crazy. It's, Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I went for my walk, and this it led me past like just some fun stuff, like the barbershop to go down into the ground, basically, and um, all those bikes that you can get. And then now they, they, I don't know if they've always had a bike lane, but um, it was so just, awesome. It was just cool to see all this. You know, stuff. that's for those fifteen-minute cities that are coming that I, bike lane I know, right there. I know, I know, I know, and I can see the interest in it, mm -hmm. but to live there, no, thank you. So when I was walking to go get dinner at <gasps> this at point, and this is like literally right there, open and. What the heck? Yeah, it was so cool. And then um, everybody's running. Like, everybody is running. Really? Yes. And, like, in groups of people. Like, you could tell they were together, what? you know, on their own. Um, and they have, like, this Link NYC. So they'll put up, like, if there's a baseball game going. It was, like, Tampa Bay. I think I might have it somewhere else. Tampa Bay and um, New York were playing. And it was, like, a live thing. Oh, it's just different stuff that I've just never seen. Um, so this is another one, Vital. What is that so, with those yeah, they have the silk ropes, and then what? they had uh, rock walls inside, but also on the top of the building. If you look, you can see, like, the little top um, garden vital. area. Yeah, but there's a rock building or a rock wall up there as well on no the outside. No way. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. It really was. So I decided to get pasta, obviously. So I found this pasta factory, and it was just, like, a little tiny building in the middle, and they're just preparing all the pastas, and it was divine amazing uh, and just more pictures on my little walk it's just I so quaint they had a lot of the outside dining areas probably from covid yeah and i guess there's some issues going on right now about it keeping them up or not keeping them up so oh, really because mm -hmm. they're probably yeah. somewhat in the way yeah they are for parking and stuff yep. like that yep exactly and these are just i don't know it was just it started getting like blue hour at night so just like <sighs> fun pictures and then um, the sunset was beautiful. And oh then this goodness. was my dinner in bed. Um, oh, yum. Oh, yes. girl. I know. I know. So then the next day I had to finish up. And again, just the skyline. That and then this was a little time lapse I took because there were so oh many gosh. boats going. Um, so it was, it's just, yeah, it's just fun stuff. Then my ride home. And then my airplane ride. And coming home to us. Coming home to you guys. And then we almost couldn't land um, because there was a thunderstorm uh, north of Fort Myers. So they said we had 30 minutes to circle. And this was... Um, so this was our airplane. I'm, I'm like a geek and I love seeing like flight tracker stuff. So I flight trackered myself. Oh my gosh. And we did this one little big loop that my red airplane's on. I don't know, like five times. So I'm like, I don't want it. Cause they said if we couldn't land in 30 minutes, then we were going to have to go to Sarasota. 
and refuel and then come back. And I was like, I don't want to. So I had Jer pray and then I text messaged my Tuesday group and I was like, hey guys, I want to go home. Can you all pray with me? And sure enough, like I sent it and then they were like, oh, we're good. We're going to land. Because that's our God. Because that's our God. Because we can control the weather that's with it. our, with, you know, with a word. Absolutely. People don't believe that. No, it, it happens. I cannot tell you how many times I've prayed over the weather. Ugh. I was so thankful. So I'm so thankful for my Tuesday group to stand in agreement. We very right. fast. I didn't even get to text anybody else. I was going to start sending out massive group Listen, texts. Listen, you didn't need to. You I got, you got a powerhouse to. with you. <laughs> Literally. That Tuesday group. I'm telling you. They're amazing. There's something to be said about Bible studies and like my mom's Bible study. Yeah. They see miracles all the time. I love it. Like two or more gathered in his name. Amen. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. Jaren, yeah. your Tuesday group. Yeah, exactly. Heard. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's so that was my trip. It was a very fast 48 hours. I love that. Well, we but, missed you. Heather's yeah. very glad. I know. Because <laughs> Heather's not here right now. She's actually off. Heather's yeah. Friday. No, Heather's supposed to be have a have every Friday off. Mm. Heather is like me. She yeah. doesn't ever take her day off. I believe it. We never do. I know. But you know what? We love what we do. I know. And right. God's called us. And right. I really don't feel like, I really don't feel like that I work. I know. Ever. Mm-hmm. That's how, Tom is always saying that he does whatever he wants or whatever. He's like, I don't really, he doesn't take time off or anything. But that's because, I mean, I live with a man. So I know how <laughs> yeah. much, he, he's working all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. For the most part. But to him. It's not work. Yeah. Like, so for him, he literally doesn't feel like he's working. Yeah. He loves what he does. I hear it. But, like, if he's exercising, listening to teachings, or praying. Like, he's always Mm -hmm. about, or, and if he's not, then he's doing something for the podcast. He's always about whatever. It's just crazy. But when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work, so you don't really care if you take off. Yep. So... Enough about that. Um, okay, so so I'm so glad you're home. God bless. Don't leave me again for a little okay. while. And get back to the gym. All right, let's go on to the next thing. Because she's dogging me at the gym. But oh, my god, Her little girl's been sick. Yeah. I have Vanessa and Heather, and Heather's been, Heather's been more consistent than Vanessa. But Vanessa's making promises. Let's hope that she can stick with those promises. We'll see. Next week's a new week for her. Save the date. Okay, so I just I just dogged the heck out of my friend. So actually, she's sitting right over there. So it's okay. <laughs> she don't care. Um, Vanessa's in the house today. Hey, girl. Woo, woo. Woo, woo. Come over here, Vanessa, so people can Aww, actually see who Vanessa come is. On. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, so she's gonna go over to the crew. So everybody knows who Vanessa no, is yeah, when I'm talking. So keep it's coming. me, keep Vanessa, coming. and Heather at She's the gym <laughs> every yeah. every week. This is the team. Yes, she is. So where Vanessa's do, do also on the worship. If you watch the church, if you watch, if you attend the church, or you um, watch uh, the church service online, Heather, I mean, Heather, Vanessa is one of the worship leaders. She sings. Yeah. She's the... She's the deep voice jazzy singer, yeah, as I like amazing. to say. You're the diva of the group. The you're diva, the diva? diva. Oh, my gosh. You're the least of the divas. <laughs> Although, I don't really think there's any divas of the group. Yeah. But she's the one that always sings real sulky and whispery. And um, she's got the lower 
and very, I say you're jazzy. Yeah, I, but I'm a huge jazz lover. Mm. So I love jazz, but I love everything. Like there ain't much music I don't love, but I don't listen to, I don't listen to Cellular anymore. If you went to the gym, you wouldn't know that though, because they're putting on all this stuff. And you know all the words. And I know the words. <laughs> Not, it's anything current. It's old, yeah, Nothing exactly. current. Yeah. If it's back in the day, club, like, <laughs> I don't know, I, 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 I dare say naughty. Um, <laughs> Give us like, an example. What? Give us an example. Like, what, what's a song that sticks out? Well, well Salt and Pepper. Oh, like, uh, Belle Biv DeVoe. Um, like, uh, Cool. Coolio? Cool, no. Oh, cool, not Coolio. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Oh, Run yeah. DMC. Run DMC. Um, but then they get into some country. And I do know my country. But it has to be back in the day. I'm old school. If you're going to listen, they put the rock, hard rock on, I'm in. Like, they do some heavy stuff in there. I'm in. Like, that's my, that's my jam. Like, I'm a, I'm not, a, my husband's a Leonard Skinner. I, I like, I know the Leonard Skinner, but like, I'm more of like, what's some of that stuff that they've played? Like, um, that's heavy, not necessarily heavy, but it's, it's met, it's a, uh, it's rock. Cause we're jamming to it. Def Leppard. ACDC. They do do some ACDC. They did do Journey, but Journey's not really rock. So now what? It's pop, but um, well, they they didn't until Stephen, whatever his name is, came onto the the team, and then they went more pop, and then they sold more records. They didn't like him at first until they started making, and then they loved him. So, mm -hmm. so it's 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 funny how money will make you sell out. Yeah, because they were totally like, no, only to the rock, and then they started making some, and then they were like, we'll sell out. That's the way it goes sometimes. True. Um, put the, the okay. So back to this. This is this is truly more important than my workout <laughs> music. But August twenty fifth through the twenty sixth is what twenty fourth yep. through the twenty sixth. Yep. What did I say? Twenty fifth. Twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. Yep. God bless. That's right. Is uh, save the date. I talk about this all the time, but there's reasons why. It's because new people are watching. Also, like if you're like debating on whether you want to come or not, like, I'm going to force your hand. You got to be here. You got to come. Right now, we are at 2, I'm going to say 275. might be 274. People coming. Listen, if you have not registered for the conference, that means you can't register for the breakfast. And the breakfast is limited seating right now. Well, it's going to stay limited seating. It's, all, it's not just for right now. It's limited seating. It's actually going to stay limited seating, period, because we only have a certain amount of space for tables and chairs. So if you do not register for the conference, that means you can't register for the breakfast. So, and um, Logan, how many people did you say there were spaces left right now? Because we've had to set aside some spaces. But how many spaces did you say there's right now left it was for breakfast? 11 o'clock this morning or 10.30. There were 61 slots left. 61 slots left for breakfast. So I would say... Probably down to 50 now. Maybe. If Heather's here, we'd know for sure. 
But I'm just telling you, and that breakfast, I went and did a taste test this week. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's not from, it's a mom and popper that's catering it. It's going to be good. I can promise you that. Do you know who it's come, It's from? Maybe I'll tell people later. But I'm, or just the menu. But I'm just saying, yummy. It's totally different than what we did last year. It's good. Not that last year wasn't good. No, I wasn't really happy with last year's. Although the food was really top-notch, it was quiche. Mm. And if you eat quiche cold and you like it, then you were happy. I don't like quiche cold. So I was very unhappy, even though it was top-of-the-line quiche, all different kinds. Yeah. But yeah. this girl don't like So I've, I've made sure if it's supposed to be hot, it's going to be hot. If it's supposed to be cold, mm-hmm. it's going to be cold. Because I ain't eating anything that I want hot, cold. So if you haven't signed up or registered, okay, put that thing up really quick that you created for me, yep. that one with the QR code. Yep. So here's the thing. If you're on your computer, you can take your phone, and you can hit that, you can hover your phone over that QR code, and you don't have to be vaccinated to actually use that <laughs> QR code. It actually works for vaccinated or unvaccinated people in this instance. Um, but use that QR code. You can register. It'll take you straight, straight to the um, website where you can register. Now, if you don't have your phone, then you're going to want to go to the foundationchurchfl.com. You're going to click on events, and then you're going to go to the, the, the box that has the beloved, and then you're going to register. There you can also uh, get your T-shirt. If you don't want a T-shirt, no worries. Um, and if you um, want to register for the the breakfast, then that's on a whole nother events page that you're going to be able to do that too. And Heather will, I think Heather has to send you the link, but whatever. Uh, the last thing I will say is if you are a volunteer, not if you want to be a volunteer, if you are a volunteer for the event, someone has asked you to volunteer, then um, you might want to go and see Heather on Sunday um, and, uh, she's gonna, she's got to talk to you about some stuff with that, but you know what? Disregard that. If you're a volunteer, we'll take care of you later. I'm going to confuse things. I'm going to make it really bad for her. Don't go and see her. She'll <laughs> kill me. All right. Let's go to the real stuff. Okay. Why everybody tuned it. in and I only have 30 minutes and I'm really sorry for all the personal stuff, but I wanted to see the pictures and it's really my podcast. So if, even if I have four people watching right now. I don't care because I it's my podcast and I'm really happy that I got to see him and I'm hoping you got to see you're happy too but whatever all right let's go to the first question was Jesus Mary's biological son we're gonna look at scripture Matthew 1 verse 20 says but while he thought about things behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take uh, take to you marry your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So the answer to that question is absolutely, 100%. Now, if you ask me, was Joseph Jesus' biological father? I would absolutely tell you no, they weren't. Um, If you look 
at the lineage of Joseph and you look at the lineage of Mary, they both came from the same family line. They were probably cousins or something along that line because both Jesus, or excuse me, both Jake, uh, Joseph and Mary have the lineage of King David in their line. So what you were supposed to do is when you married, you married within your tribe. And that tribe would stay pure, a pure line. And so that means like Abraham and Sarah, it was Abram and Sarai, they actually were brother-sister, half-brother-sisters, right? Uh, they shared the same father, but not the same mother, okay? Um, if you look at um, Jacob, or Isaac and Rachel, or Isaac and... Let's see, Abraham, Isaac, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac. It's Rachel and Leah. Jake is Jacob. Isaac and oh man, it's slipping my mind right now. It's it's because she was barren too. It's tell me who it is really quick because I want I've, I I want to make sure I name the right one. So it's Sarah. And Rachel's the next one, but Isaac, I can't remember who Isaac, Rebecca? Rebecca, God, I knew it was an R and I'm like, I can't think of it. So Rebecca and Isaac actually are cousins because when the, when the, um, servant went, went to go and get Rebecca, it was to Sarah's brother Laban's house. So I mean, yes, Sarah's brother Laban's house. Sarah is is Isaac's mother. And so it was, was that Laban? Laban? No, Laban. Yeah. I think that's right. They were cousins. So everybody always married, like, within a family line. Very, very close. It's like, nowadays we'd be concerned about that because we're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to end up with some, like, five-armed children and like our six fingered or 10 or 11 fingered kids. And I mean, like a cyclops, <laughs> three eyed child, you know, you don't intermarry, right? Yeah. We don't do that today. It's actually against the law. Yep. You cannot marry until it gets like to the thir third cousin. I think it is in some States. Yeah. Like unless you live in West Virginia, West Virginia, you can pretty much do anything you want. <laughs> and Kentucky. All things, oh, all bets are Kentucky. off. Okay, okay. Apparently in Kentucky, you can do the same thing. I'm just saying. Some states, anything goes. But here in Florida, you're not allowed to do that. They have rules. So you, you did. You married close to your family line. All right? I have to remember that. I have to look that up because it's been a long time since I studied all those things. But I feel like Jacob... Went back to his, yeah, Jacob went back to his mother's family, and that's how he married Rachel and Leah. Yeah, because that he went back to his uncle's house. So the same thing, all of them cousins and things like that. Matthew, 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, Christ born of Mary. That's the title of it, Christ born of Mary. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came, um, they came together, meaning sexual relations, 
um, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible is very clear that Joseph and Mary never did anything until after Jesus was born. But if you knew, if you understand how the Jewish um, system works, as far as when you actually asked somebody to marry you, you were considered married. And then the before the wedding, you were like, that was it. That's why Joseph was going to have to file a divorce from her. And because even though they didn't live in the same house, it usually took a year. The, the, the son would build a, a room off of his parents' house. And then once that room was done, they would go fetch the wife, or we could now consider it to be a fiancé, but it was considered wife. They'd fetch her. The wedding would actually take place. The official wedding would take place. And then they would go in the room and they would consummate the marriage. Well, for Joseph, they never consummated the marriage. Um, it never got that far until after. And, but they, they actually lived together um, before Jesus was born. So if you ever listen, that stuff about how the Jewish faith back in the times and, and people who practice it still to this day that are actually practicing it, they still abide by some of those rules and guidelines as far as getting married goes. Um, so you should study it out. It's super interesting. It's, it's not just super interesting. It'll make the Bible come alive to you because you'll actually understand how the whole thing was with Mary and Joseph, why it all played out like it did. You'll sit there and it will be like, oh my gosh, I understand biblical or Jewish faith, okay? Um, so the scriptures are pretty clear. Mary is definitely 100% his biological mother. When the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit planted the seed in her, um, which was um, which was Jesus. It, he's it's it, that's why it's he's still. I don't know how to explain it very well, but it's not like the Holy Spirit is his 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 father, because God is his father. But it's the Trinity. So, he, and it didn't make it so that because he's part of the Trinity and he came to this earth and he wasn't fully human, didn't make it that be that he still wasn't tempted by sin. Because some people will say, well, it was easy for him not to sin. He's Jesus. He's part of the Trinity. Um, no, he was still tempted. The Bible's very clear. He still was human. He still was tempted by the same things. He just made decisions that we ourselves can make, be perfect as he was perfect. Um, because we now have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us just the same. So even though he was not, his father was not man, he was, mother was still, his mother was a human. So am I making that clear? Yeah. Because sometimes I think I'm so confusing. What are you doing? I found something very interesting. But Tell I'm listening me. And are you sure? Are you ready for this? I'm always ready. <clears throat> But you're going to have to put yourself on because I'm not going to have people listening to your All voice. All right, I'm on, I'm on, I'm face. on, I'm here, I'm here. Okay. okay, according to Insider Today, 
Oh, dear lords of mercy. In Alabama, first cousins are allowed to marry, and they are also allowed to have sex, sexual relationships and cohabitate. Also, Alaska, um, like Alabama, does not outlaw marriage between first cousins. Um, first you know cousins. what this is making it very possible? You know what this is doing? It's making it very possible for fathers to marry their daughters. This is like ancestral. There, it, it's like um, first cousins in Arizona can only marry if one or both parties are 65 years or older. They can also marry if in the event that one or both parties are infertile. Oh, so that they can't that, that's Arizona. have funky kids. Uh, first cousins in Arkansas are not allowed to marry, but they can have sexual sexual relationships and cohabitate, which is most of the ones that say they are not allowed to marry. It's still not illegal for them to have sexual relations. California first cousins are allowed. I mean, almost Colorado does not outlaw it. Connecticut, if you want to marry, for, as I guess first West cousins, Virginia and rejoice. Kentucky Wait, are not alone. Uh, no, 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 because Kentucky. That's why I'm like the heck they don't allow it right right, right. um kentucky first oh my cousins gosh. in kentucky They've are been not allowed false... to marry but oh, oh no or and cohabitate or have sexual relations so west virginia so it might be yeah so it might be that's kentucky not allowed to do any of them so you're wrong logan no, so it was third cousin for oh her. third cousin yeah. so you're right logan <laughs> I, well my aunt when i told her i was moving to kentucky she was very stern and said, do you know they can marry cousins like their cousins there? She was very concerned about me going to Kentucky from New York. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm over here, like, making lists of, like, can and can't. So <laughs> I, was, I was tracking. You know what I would love? Can I ask a question to the Hope Hotline? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I would love for you to, like, show us, like, how you are in your brain seeing the lineage. Like, it made sense in your brain. Like, it'd be cool to see that on like you to walk us through and like kind of get the ball rolling for us to study through. What are you talking about? In the beginning when you were like saying like Isaac and Rebecca and you were like in your brain, you know, processing through the bloodlines. Yeah. Like it'd be cool to see you do that on no, here. No, I've, I've memorized it, okay. but I haven't gone back to look at it. I literally have won trivia. I kid you not. That's, I've like, so that's my question to the whole hotline. I've crushed it on um, like I did, you know, they, they play these games at parties. Yeah. One of them, if you go to a Christian thing, they always have Christian games. And then one of them was, like, whose parents of who and yeah. who was the sons and daughters. Okay. Like, it was, like, 30 questions. Okay. And I didn't miss any of them okay. because I've studied lineage. Lineages are important. I know. They Super are. Super important. They are. And I haven't looked at it in probably two, two three years. So, like in your brain it's in my brain but i literally if i looked at it i'd be like oh yeah 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 yeah. so maybe you can write it out for me and i can make a cool graphic and we can kind because of, i think that'd be cool to get the ball rolling for people that are like well, where where do you start in the lineage like do you start with adam and eve and then oh, i did is that how you did it okay oh yeah okay but you can go to here's the thing like if you go to i'll do it that's what i'll do I'll shit. I'll, I'll figure that out. Because okay. Okay. lineages are important. No, and then knowing how they all line up, super interesting. And then, yeah, the fact that it lines up at some, like, it all makes sense. Like, nothing's, it, like, nothing's chaotic. Everything nothing, is God order. did. That's right. the crazy thing. Yeah. People, like, the chronological Bible, if you read the Bible chronologically, mm -hmm. you would go, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because, like, yeah. Job is right. not in the middle. Right. Job right. is, like, Genesis. Yeah. But yep. people don't know that. Yeah. And, like, I'm just telling you, people think that the Bible is so boring. And I'm 
here to tell you, no, the Bible is like the mo- the biggest, most wild thing you've ever seen. It's full of adventure. It's full of love stories. Yeah. It's full of, like, if you're a historian, it's full of history and war. And, like, even, like, if you are somebody who likes to, this is the great thing about the Bible that I love. You know how you have the Civil War or you have the Revolutionary War or you have these, the Spanish War and everything like that? When you read those wars, the crazy thing about them is, is you don't understand why they made tact- tactical errors or tactical measures that the way that they did because a lot of times nobody told you why. I mean, you understand certain things to a certain extent, but you don't understand like all all sides of things because not all sides like you might um like when we we're fighting Germany, right? We know why we made the decisions we made, but we don't understand why they're making this, some of the decisions they made. And we, we, but we end up knowing what they did, but we don't know why they did it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. The Bible is totally opposite than that. The Bible not only reveals why the Israelites did their side of things and what their thought processes was behind it because God was directing them. But then God tells you how he confused the other side and made them do what they did. So you know all sides. Now, if you're a person that, if you're a person that's like a faith person, hopefully a lot of people, and I'm not talking about having faith that you have salvation. I'm talking about if you're a person that is a faith person that needs to stand on certain things. I'm not talking about healing. I'm talking about as simple as buying and selling a house, as far as um, having to go to work and fight against people that are making sure that you don't get to the place that you need to get, and you know God's, got, God's told you. You will be VP of this company, right? And you're, like, only at a manager's level, right? You're like, well, how in the world is that ever going to happen? Because God has a strategy, and if you understand God's strategies and like um, Old Testament war times and stuff like that, you can read those battles like as the Israelites were taking over territory after territory after territory. They take the promised land. They get into Canaan, and it tells you how he did it. And then it didn't stop there. God said, you're going to rule over all of it, right? So they had to go into all the Midianites. They had to go into all these Amorites, Hittites. They had to go and conquer all these territories. Then you see how God strategically set the Israelites up every single time. Then you start looking at your situation and go, okay, God, there's a strategy behind how I'm going to be a manager to a VP. And then you sit there and your faith just increases, increases, increases. Because you know the battle's not yours. The battle is his. And every single time, when you see how God took the Israelites and as he's, like Jonathan goes up with one of his servants. And Jonathan looks and he sees all the, the, the people that they're going to have to fight against. And finds out, like, they fight against themselves. They take them all of themselves out, Right. They did not, you know, I'm not saying that was in that specific thing, but you sit there and you see how God turned all of these three different 
um, armies against each other that were all coming. There was more of them than there was of the Israelites. And he turns all of them against each other because he creates confusion for them. They kill each other, and the Israelites go in and take the spoils. No one dies. Like, if, you're, if you look at the Bible and you read it and you apply it to yourself, you sit there and go, my steps are ordered. Whatever he's told me is going to happen. He'll tell me what I must do, when I must do it. He'll tell me how to do it, because that's what he did with the Israelites. He told them strategically, I want you to go here. I want the trumpeters to go here. I want the torches, the people who carry the torches to go here. Then I want the other one to be over here. And he systematically set the whole thing up for them. And then all they had to do was be obedient to what he said, and then the, the victory was theirs if they were obedient. And so many times the, it looked like this is not possible. There is no way that we're going to take this. But God is like, no, I go before you. I've got the whole thing set up. And if you do that in your, in your everyday life and you apply the, the things that the Word of God says, if he did it then, he'll do it now. It says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like, if you look at the Bible in that way, in that light, for you personally, then every single thing that you are going after or, the God, or God's told you is going to be yours, then you sit there and you use those examples and you apply them to you and you go, I don't have anything to worry about. I walk by faith, not by sight. He has it set up for me. I'm just going to be obedient. And the rest will fall into place. So you'll climb the ladder. You'll be obedient to him. If people are trying to knock you out of the way, he'll knock them out of the way. You'll see it. You, you'll be like, this is just like what I've read in the Bible. Does that make clear? Is mm -hmm. that clear to you yeah. guys? Yeah. So a lot of times we, go, we don't think that the Bible has got anything for us. Like it's boring. That's because you're boring. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're very small-minded. Like, um, you'd rather read somebody's book about the Bible than read it for yourself. But God really wants to enlighten you on what he has for you in there versus what he's enlightened another man for. So often we don't think that we can comprehend it or... I just, I would just say, open the Bible up. I'm not a big person. Let's open it up. Ooh, that's for me. No. Start reading it and then see how God opens your heart and your mind to what he wants to share for you for where you're at in life. And it will radically change you, spiritually speaking, ministerially, and uh, all, the, all those around you. You'd be shocked, but the Bible is very relevant. And that's one of the things I love about the Bible because, again, we don't know, like, you can read, like, you can watch the History Channel and you can find out some of the ways that two sides were fighting against each other, but the Bible, it tells you everything. It yeah. tells you what the other side was thinking and, the, and what God was doing. And he tells you how it all played out. There's no second guessing, like, things in the Bible. It's all revealed. Yeah. Every, you know everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. There's, there's no surprises. Like, and you don't have to sit there and go, I wonder why. If you study it out, you, there will be, a, no, I wonder why. So you'll actually understand it 
because you've studied it out from, from top to bottom. And that's the reason why I love the Bible. I just love it. What's that picture you got? Have you seen this before? Never seen that before. Okay, so this is a graph <clears throat> that two, I think, I believe there are two pastors made. It's a digital database of cross references found in the King James Bible. So every one of these, it's mm -hmm. 63,779 cross references from Genesis to Revelation. And they made this like uh, visually appealing to see like how they all connected. But that's like, that's why they can't disprove the Bible, though. I know. Because that, that right there. Isn't that wild? Uh-huh. There's like, it's over like, I can't remember how many things that have been proven that even scientifically yeah. have been proven fact. I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah. things. Like, it's not even possible. They can't, there's no point anymore. That's why Darwin gave up. Yeah, I know. He gave up because that is awesome. Isn't that so cool? That is and I love very that. pretty. I know. And every color matters. Like the white is Old Testament, I believe. The length of the arch is like how long the distance is between the cross references. Like every color shift in it means something. It's it's really cool. Um, That's I'll awesome. put a link in just if anybody wants to like look at it deeper. But yeah, you can't dis how do you disprove that? Like you can't. it's so perfect. And that's why too, and I and I like and I say this all the time, guys. I mean, if you study the Bible out, I was just, before I came here today, I was um, sharing with Tom, like, um, this is, this is, I love the Perry Stone Bible, but, and I, and I love Perry Stone. I really do. Like, he's such a wealth of knowledge, but I was telling Tom, like, he's, he's a pre-tripper, right? He's pre-trip. Now, yeah. Tom is mid-trip. I tend to lean more mid-trip myself, but I'm also be ready for everything. So, um, but here's the thing. What I loved about him is he took a scripture in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, where it's 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. And he took these two verses and he applied them to 1 Thessalonians. I can't remember what it was, which is 1 Thessalonians. I think it's two something. I can't remember. It's where everybody goes pre-trip right? Mm -hmm. And Tom uses the same script. He uses the, the, the scriptures in Thessalonians to prove mid-trip mm -hmm. because it's, you know what I loved about Perry Stone is Perry Stone, who is, like I said, he's pre-trip. What he said is this is where mid-trip could actually happen. It's, he's like scholars and, and theorists and students take these two verses, they apply them to the trumpets that is heard in Revelations, and they believe they can prove that that's where mid-trib happens. So you know how, you know how great of a person, it, like me and Tom are never sold on one thing. We have a belief, but, but like Pastor Rodney and and Pastor Jonathan, they're pre-trib, and I can both of us can listen to them all day long about their pre-trib and be enlightened by it, mm -hmm. be very enlightened by it. Um, because your mind should never be closed mm -hmm. to anything, to anything. But that's one of the things I said to Tom. I was like, how he, I mean, he preaches pre-trip, but how amazing is it that that man can be so transparent and not be so dogmatic that he's so right? Because most no. people are like that. Mm -hmm. They're not movable. Mm -hmm. Like they're right, you're wrong. And that, but I said to him, like, when I was reading him this information in, in the Bible or this in his um, thing, I was like, how cool is that, that that man, as, as 
passionate as he is, he's still able to say, this is where it could be possible. I love that. Mm -hmm. I yeah, just love that. Absolutely. People, we people, we as Christians, we should be able to, to sit there and say, I might be wrong about the Bible. The Bible might not be boring. There might be some things in there that I could really learn. Put the book down that somebody wrote about it that interests you and open it up and see what applies to you. And don't just read it. Study it. It will blow your mind. Yeah, it I literally agree. will blow your mind. Um, but I love that about people who actually have studied the scriptures and they realize that no one knows about the day or hour or maybe maybe you don't have it completely going on and you just keep studying things out to see where the, what, what that part plays for you. Because I've met people that just, um, they haven't even studied it, but they believe what they believe without even having the knowledge of the reason why they believe it. And to me, I'm like, that's dangerous. That's being ignorant. Mm -hmm. And you should never say, I believe without really being able to take yourself and others to the scriptures to stand behind what you believe instead of just say, well, my doctrine believes that. Why does your doctrine believe it? And what, there's, what are the scriptures behind it to prove it? Most of your time, people only believe what they believe because they've been taught it from the pulpit, not because it is something they themselves have received revelation knowledge about. Super important that if your pastor is not telling you to study out the scriptures, and hopefully he is using scriptures when he's preaching and more than two, but if your pastor's not um, giving you scriptures um, weekly and then saying, go home and study these scriptures out. Don't just believe it because I'm telling you. Believe it because that's what the word says. If you're not following someone that's telling you that, that's dangerous because that's cultish. Mm -hmm. Yep. You never believe man. You believe the word. True. So... I'm going to go to the next question. Okay. Is the song of Moses and the song of the lamb the same? I had no idea about the song of Moses or the song of the lamb. I had no idea. I have, I'm like, what the heck are both of those things? Which I, that's why I love these questions. Cause I, I mean, again, you guys are teaching me things. Okay. So I studied this out and it appears that they're two different, two different songs. Um, but they all are about praising and exalting God. So that's, I think, part of the reason why they're somewhat similar. Um, but Revelation 15, 3 through 4 is the song of the Lamb. Okay? It says, They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. There's three songs of Moses that he wrote. Moses wrote three songs, Exodus 15, Deuteronomy 32, 1 through 43, and Psalm 90. Deuteronomy 32 is actually the official song of Moses. So two different songs, not the same. Um, and here's the thing. I have four and a half minutes. I got this one question. I'm going to do it really fast and then we'll go straight to salvation. Yeah. Go to the next question. Cause I talked a lot today about nothing. Well, 
not about nothing, about some things, but no questions. So I want to make it up. So I'm going to get three done in like 20 minutes. That's pretty good. How long, how long was the prodigal son gone? I can relate to this because I was the prodigal daughter. Let's look at the scripture, Luke 15, 11 through 32. I'm going to read this, but I'm going to read it really fast, okay? Because a lot of people go, who the heck is the prodigal son? I don't want to answer a question if you don't know who the heck I'm talking about. The prodigal son is called the parable of the lost son. So this was a, this was a story, and Jesus spoke in parables, which were stories. And, that, and the parables always related to things that people understood, okay, of that time. So when Jesus told this story, this is the story he told. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estates. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. So he's going to become a slave who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. So he goes from being a man who owns workers to being a worker himself. And pigs, if you know anything about Jewish culture, pigs, working with pigs, being a shepherd, anything like that, like you are the lowest of the low. Shepherds were considered the lowest of the low. That's why it was pretty cool when, when uh, the angels came to the shepherds. Because they were considered to be low lives, and for God to honor them like that, it just shows the, the the lesser will be greater kind of thing, right? Everybody thinks everybody who's got something going on, in God's eyes, that's not always the case. But in this case, that he was working with pigs, and pigs, like not cool. That's why when the demon was cast into the pigs, it seems. Fitting, but it cost that whole town a lot of money because pigs were worth some money. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make um, make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. This is the beautifulest part of the story, and some of you may or may not relate to it. And if you walked away from God, you get, like me, you totally relate to this story. Like how precious, you know this story. You felt this when you came back to God. If you have walked away from God and you're still living a wild life, then let this be a seed that's planted or maybe it draws you back right now to come back to the Lord because this is exactly how it is with the Lord Jesus Christ for you. And if you don't know him, understand this is how important you are. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. I almost could cry at this part because <laughs> I totally totally relate and totally understand it. I totally get this because this is how I felt. This, this story gets me every single time. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, 
Be, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to celebrate. And I will tell you that they threw the party. The older son gets jealous. And, the, and like the dad says, like to the son who's jealous. And the, son, the, the older son says to him, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property and with prostitutes comes home, you kill a fattened calf for him. And this is what the dad says to him. And, and like my family, pretty much no one walked away from God for any length of time but me. None of them felt like the older son, but the, but some can relate. And then this is what the dad says. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to, we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. And again, he was lost and is found at no time. Does the story tell how long he was gone, how long it took him to, to spend all that money? Um, it just said that he lived wild. That's it. That's all that the story talks about. Um, and that he returned home and they celebrated. Because I really don't think it mattered how long he had been gone. It mattered the results of his return, which was he was welcomed back with open arms and restored and redeemed. And that's one of the things, like, I will say Tom and I are big, big on. Everybody and everything is redeemable. It doesn't matter. We've had people leave this church and come back, and they feel like, will I be accepted? 100% you'll be accepted. Everybody, even if you left on the worst of terms, you talk bad about us, you talk bad about somebody else, because a lot of times it's really not Tom and I that people leave the church over. It's other people or other things or some kind of offense that makes absolutely no sense. Um, but everybody, every time, and hopefully it is this case with your family. For mine, it was this case. They were anxiously awaiting my return, just like Jesus Christ is waiting and anxiously returning, waiting for your return. Your church, if it's Foundation Church and you've left and you're longing to come back, come back. Everybody is redeemable and everything is restorable. There is at no time unless there's no repentance. If there's no repentance, then... Everything stays the same, so there's no reason to really come back. You can't come back to Jesus Christ in the same condition that you're in and expect to not change. He wants repentance. He wants you to say, forgive me for what I've done. I just want you back. And if you are willing to do that, then he's willing and he's able to restore. But if you just plan to come back, and act like nothing happened, and live the same kind of lifestyle. That's not repentance. He said that he came to, to win the lost and disciple believers. In order to win the lost, that means repentance is required. A 180-degree turn must be done. That means if you're heading in this direction, when you repent, you're going in the opposite direction, which means your lifestyle is completely opposite of what it is currently. Same thing. 
if you come back and you want to be redeemed and restored in a church, things can't stay the same way because nothing will have changed. So I would say if you feel like everything you've done, and I have felt like that, everything I've done with my past, it's unforgivable. There's no way I've done and gone way too far. That's just not the truth. This young man that the story is told about spent all his father's money. He was living a wild life, getting drunk. If you look into the story more, he got drunk and he partied. He had prostitutes. He was out doing things that, you know, nobody has any business doing. Okay. If he can be saved and restored and brought back into the fold, there is absolutely, I don't care if you killed somebody, if you've had an abortion, if you've been sexually promiscuous, if you've been vaccinated, because some people think vaccinations is like, like the abominable sin. Not, is that abominable? Is that the right, right word? No. Unforgivable sin. But it's not abominable. I'm, all, I'm thinking of abominable snowman. I don't the right thing. Like they feel like it's, what is it when it's the? Unpardonable. Thank you. They feel like vaccinations, you've taken the mark. Okay, that ain't it. I mean, maybe you've lied and you feel like you've lied and you've lost your family from it. You've done drugs, whatever. There is an absolutely, you have, can go, there is outside of the unpardonable sin, which for the record, the unpardonable sin is what the Jews did when they asked Jesus, when they got saved. Unpardonable sin is extremely difficult to do. Pretty much no one has done it. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is basically the same thing. Okay, it's so difficult. If you care that you might have created the unpardonable sin, you haven't done it. Because people who've done it don't care. Literally, the unpardonable sin was when a Jewish person would walk away from their Jewish faith. They were totally um, ostracized. The family had nothing to do with them. They were on their own. They had no one to talk to. Like, everybody left them. You could only be with now the people who were believers that had gone the straight way that, are con that were called Christians. And that was hard for some people because they were so connected to their tribe, to their family. And I don't mean tribe as in the tribe that we call tribe today. I don't like that term. I mean, I think I have my tribe. I'm like, well, whatever. No, these people, their families were a clan. They were a tribe. Okay? Their whole family disconnected from them. They could have nothing to do with them. All their food, all their means, all their housing, everything gone. No one was going to have anything to do with you. You now had to reconnect with a bunch of people that you had. The only thing you had in common was you are now believers of Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross for your salvation. People couldn't handle it. So what they did is in order to get back into their Jewish faith and their families, they had to denounce Jesus Christ. That meant that everything that they stood for and everything they believed in, they denounced him. And the word is very clear. You can't do that. The only way to get into heaven is but through him. They did that. So that's the unpardonable sin. It's very, very difficult. I don't know very many people who have denounced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or that he doesn't exist, 
I mean, even atheists, they don't even go as far as that. Yeah. I mean, they say that there's no God, but in truth, a lot of atheists have a question mark. And God looks at the heart. He knows the heart. There's really nothing, there's no far that anybody really has ever gone except to that level. There's really nothing you have done that you can't be redeemed. You can't be restored. So if I'm speaking to you today and you're like, you feel like there's a glimmer of hope, I say grab a hold of the hope and get yourself right with God and start walking it out. And the peace that you are so longing for will, will, will just infiltrate you. And you'll never want to not have it again. I really believe, I really believe there are people out there that just honestly believe they've gone too far. And there's nothing that, that can bring them back or will ever get them right. And I would just say to you, that's the lie of the enemy. He wants to make you believe that you're not worthy and you're of no value. And that's just not the truth at all. Jesus died on that cross for each and every single one of us because there's so much value and importance in each and every single one of us. So don't believe the lie of the enemy and say this prayer with me right now. Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. I thank you for the value and importance that you believe that I am. I thank you that you, forget, that you forgive me of my sins and there's nothing too far or too long I'm just going to wait a moment because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. There's nothing too far gone or deep wound that I have caused to others for forgiveness. I really feel like it's important for, I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but I really think it's so important for you just to be open to the love that God has for you, just to let some walls down. Because he just, the Holy Spirit just really wants to love on you right now. Like, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, just, like, fill you with such love and compassion because you don't give yourself a break. And you need a break. I'm just going to let it sit for a minute because I'm really believing the Holy Spirit's filling you right now. And you're sensing his presence. 
so that you can finish with your salvation. Thank you for what you did on that cross for me. I thank you for forgiving me of all the sins and the things that I feel like are unforgivable. Listen, he, there is no length or distance that he will not go for you. You're that important. I thank you that salvation is providing heaven for me, and I will spend eternity with you forever. The direction I was going, I'll go completely other way. And from this day on, I'll live for you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Sorry. Not sorry. I don't cry very often, but I'm telling you right now, if that wasn't for one person, it might have been for many, and it might not be for today. It might be for the future. But I promise you, if that's you, don't let today go unfinished. Let today carry on for the rest of your life. Don't let it just end with feeling an emotion that you sense because tomorrow's going to come and Satan's going to try and steal from you. Don't let him do it. I mean, I look at Logan over there two years in, and she could have just literally gotten her life right and then gone right back because the parable of the sower is so clear in Matthew and that there are seeds that are planted and they're taken up and they're uprooted. Don't let that be you because God has got a great hope and future for you and all the emptiness and loneliness that you're feeling, he wants to fill it up with not only himself, but like Logan. Logan has such a large group of people around her now that surround her. And they're all accountable to one another, and they're all going after it. And he has the same thing for you. Woman, man, she's married to a guy who is like a man's man, who has now been surrounded by the same like-minded people, God will do the same thing for you. He will blow your mind. Just don't give up. Please don't give up. If you said this prayer, let us know. We'll stand with you. We'll pray with you. But whoever, or if it's more than one, listen, don't give up on God. He'll never give up on you. Have a great weekend, and I will see you on Sunday if you attend Foundation Church. Otherwise, I'll see you on Wednesday. See you later. Bye.